0: So we're, we're, we're plotting ahead. We have done five lessons on different parts of, uh, of Proverbs, different topics. We looked at listening and speech and work and fighting. What was the last time? Yes. Planning. Planning, I right. Planning, I'm Hey, very good. So the, the foolish person um, just kind of never thinks ahead, never plans for anything, uh, just kind of goes with the flow um, and, and the wise person is intentional and, uh, and, and, and sets a goal and pursues it, gets good advice. Remember that? that, that uh, that's a really big, important part of it. Get good advice um, and then entrust it to the Lord. Uh, and uh, we're, we're winding down in our Proverbs study. Um, we might do this one last topic and then kind of a wrap-up thing, um, but... Uh, um, I hope that so far you've been able to take at least a couple truths and, um, and put these to practice. Um, we're all on a process of going from foolishness to wisdom. Um, no matter what age you are, That we're, we're on that, that trajectory. At least I hope you're on that trajectory. I hope you're, you're aiming in that direction and want to aim in that direction. Um, and so we're going to continue to see what Proverbs has to say about that. Today we're going to be looking at friendship, relationships. Okay? How does a wise person handle his relationships, his friendships around him? How does a foolish person do that? Um, how many of you know who this guy is? Yes, Mr. Rogers. Yes. Mr. Rogers. Did anyone actually watch Mr. Rogers? No, that's yeah. yeah? Yeah? Wait, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Does anyone not know who Mr. Rogers is? Delicious. Wow, is that? that's, that's that's yes, look at that. That's depressing. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Mr. Rogers was a kindly old soul who had a famous TV show, and the opening song goes like what? Right? It's a wonderful day. <laughs> there we go. Just like that, yes. It's a wonderful day in this neighborhood, a wonderful day for a neighbor. Won't you be mine? No. All right says, I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in the neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. And since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? I've never seen it before. I don't don't know. Yeah, I've I've seen it. All right. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. So when, when, when Mr. Rogers says, won't you be my neighbor? What is he asking? Is he saying, live near my house? See okay. What's he saying? What's that? A friend. Okay. He's using the term neighbor to describe friendship. Did you know that the book of Proverbs does that exact same thing? There is one Hebrew word in the book of Proverbs that is sometimes translated as neighbor and sometimes translated as friend. And they're kind of used interchangeably depending on the context. So sometimes when you're reading the book of Proverbs, you'll see how to treat your neighbor. And, and often when you see that, it's talking about someone who might live in close proximity to you, those who are in your life, right? That would be a good definition of a neighbor. Those who are, who are in your life Regardless of whether or not they're your close friend or not, they they are your neighbor, and i not just talking about the people who live next door to you or across the street. I'm talking about the people who are in your life, and then and then a friend would be would be a neighbor who has where there's more of an emotional attachment or a close relationship with that person. Right? You're a friend. You're a good friend with each other. Um, and the book of Proverbs talk about how we treat our neighbors, whether they're our close friends or not. And the wise person is going to protect those neighbor relationships and sometimes even create friendships out of them. So, if we're thinking about, won't you be my neighbor? Who are your neighbors? I don't know. I'm not talking about in your neighborhood on the same street as you. Well, if we're talking about the same street, I have no neighbors. Okay. People in this. Okay, good. So there's some neighbors, people in this room. They, they, you, you share the same space with them. You rub shoulders with them. Who else would be your neighbors? My brother. Okay, good. Yep. What else? My parents. Your parents? Yep. Who else? Everyone. Everybody in the whole world? What's that? Does it? No, not really. I mean, like, if they're, if, they're, if they're in your life, right? They're in your proximity. They're your neighbor. Whether or not you necessarily like them or have a good relationship with them, right? They're, they are, they're, they're your neighbor. Yeah? If they're dead, are they your neighbor? No. Unless they are dead. Right. So, our neighbors, when I talk about neighbors, when the book of Proverbs talks about neighbors, I want you to think... The people who are in my life, okay? Whether or not you want them to be in your life, whether or not they're your good friend or not, the people that you interact with throughout the week, whether that's people in youth group or classmates or family members or friends or people on your sports team, right? Those are your neighbors, okay? And I think we often approach our relationships in this way. We view our neighbors. Um, maybe there's a weird illustration, but uh, like a like a, a buffet. Okay, I'm not talking about cannibalism here. Okay, I'm talking about, you know, you look at, all right, here's all the people in my life. All right, I'm just going to pick and choose who I'm going to treat kindly, who I'm going to pay attention to. And it's totally up to me who I give any energy or, or kindness or love to. It's just, I'm just going to pick and choose. And I don't, care for them. I don't care for that person. I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to forget about them. And uh, I'm going to choose who my neighbors are. And then maybe out of that group, I might befriend one or two of them, right? There's certain people we wish weren't our neighbors, so we pretend as if they aren't our neighbors. Now, all, all of your neighbors will not become your friends. That's not realistic. But all your neighbors should be treated with love and kindness, regardless of whether you like them or not. You know the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Remember that story? Luke 10, verses 27-28. Jesus says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer who questioned Jesus asked what? Do you know the question that he asks? Who is my neighbor? Okay, If I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, first of all, that's, that's a lot of love, okay? Because we love ourselves. So what is, who's my neighbor? If, if I'm going to do that, then, then who, who am I supposed to be treating that way to? And so Jesus gives the story of the Good Samaritan. The priest and the Levite, right, they walk by the, the Samaritan, or the individual who's been beaten up on the side of the road, and they felt like they could decide who to be a neighbor to, Right? Ah, it's not my problem. I'm going to ignore him, pretend like he's not there. But Jesus concluded the parable by asking which of these three, the Samaritan, the priest, or the, or the Levite, do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer answered, the one who showed him mercy. Right? Did, did the Samaritan choose to come across that person, beaten up on the side of the road? No, he didn't. But he treated him like a neighbor. He was a neighbor to him. And so you don't always get to decide who is in your life, but you do get to decide how you treat those people in your life. And the Bible doesn't have anything, it doesn't say anything about just picking and choosing who you're going to show kindness and love to and who you're not. And so we're going to look at what the book of Proverbs says about treating our neighbors and treating our friendships. Okay? So in short, a, a, a person's wisdom is seen in how he treats his neighbors, and a person's foolishness is seen in his selfish, insensitive treatment of his neighbors or his friends. But we want to start with the fear of the Lord. How does the fear of the Lord impact your relationships? How does it impact how you treat your neighbors? Any ideas? How do you think it would impact how you treat your neighbors? Yeah, Johnson. a relationship with God, then you fear the Lord, then... Okay, so it starts with your relationship with God, and maybe through your relationship with God you you learn how to treat other people with love, right? Good. Any other thoughts? How uh, the fear of the Lord might um, impact how you treat others? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say, Jerry? We're idiots. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus came down to save us because he loved the world. Yeah. yeah. So we see his love yeah. in what he did. We're supposed to be more like God. Yeah. We're supposed to be like him. Good. And that's what we fearing. And we're fearing God is knowing him more. And as we know him more, we see his love more. And we see what he did for us. Yeah. I, I think an important aspect of what you're saying is understanding did die do something to earn that? Yes, you are you did something to earn right? I thought you were saying yeah. can we do something that right? it? It was <laughs> it was undeserved. <laughs> yeah. Right? Thanks. And yeah. so understanding how my relationship started with the Lord through Christ, right? And how that should impact other relationships to follow. Yeah. Right? Is important. Absolutely. Yeah. Understanding like the I mm-hmm. might not, like Pastor Aaron said, I might not like that other person. Uh and when, when I was lost in sin, I was an enemy of God. Yeah. And he still showed me mercy and grace. Yeah. And so, likewise, even if I don't like you. Right. Right? Mercy, grace, and love. Yeah. And, and you even see that pattern of, of Jesus' love to those who are undeserving, seen even in the parable of the Good Samaritan, where the the, the person on the side of the road did nothing to, to earn that mercy and love. In fact... Um, Jews and Samaritans were sworn enemies. They, they, they didn't like each other. There was every reason for that Samaritan not to show love. Um, out of the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, so the Samaritan had the best excuse to say, I don't have to pay attention to that person. But he was the person who actually showed love. And, uh, and so, yeah, we see that love of Christ um, on display in our lives, and that should impact, in a major way, how we treat other people. So there's two major ways that I see, and I think we kind of hit on these, um, how the fear of the Lord impacts our relationships. First of all, the fear of the Lord is the strongest foundation for good friendships. Uh, Psalm, this isn't a proverb, I cheated. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 63, I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The, the, the strongest friendships that you can have are the ones that has this as its foundation, that you have a fear of the Lord, that you both love the Lord. And then secondly, the fear of the Lord guides how you treat others. And this is what we've just been talking about. Because love is from God. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Right? That's exactly what we were just talking about. You know God. You've been saved by God. You've seen His love. And so let us love one another, because love is from God. And how you treat others reflects what, God, what has happened in your heart between you and God, right? If there's no love in your heart, what does the Bible say? You don't have the love of Christ. You, you, you have not experienced the love of Christ. And so fear of the Lord is, plays a huge role in how we treat other people. So today we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at what keeps you from developing friendships, right? So what are some wrong ways to treat our neighbors, that actually ends up uh, alienating you right mistreating people to the point where all of your neighbors uh you don't you, you you've you've chased away friendships right so we're gonna look at that we're gonna look at what shallow friendships are the proverbs, book of proverbs talks about what shallow friendships are and then we'll look at what deep real friendships look like okay so let's look at attitudes that destroy relationships we're going to look at nine of them and we're going to plow through these real quick okay because the book of proverbs has a lot to say about these nine different attitudes uh, that might hurt your relationships how do you interact with your neighbors again your neighbors people around you that counts everybody in this room it counts your family members it counts your classmates it counts people that you interact with in a given week how are we not to treat them withholding help when you're able to help Proverbs 3, 27 through 29. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow and I will give it when you have it with you. Don't plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. What's it saying? If you have the ability to help your neighbor, do it. Don't say, oh, you know, come back tomorrow. I've got that thing you need when you've got it in your pocket, right? That's what it's trying to say. When you have the ability to help, help. Don't withhold good to your, with your, from your neighbor when you have the ability to help them. When you have the power to help, but you don't do it, you end up destroying relationships. So withholding help is, is, a, is an attitude that destroys relationships. Another attitude that destroys relationships, belittling your neighbor. What does belittling mean? There we go. You're idiot, right? Belittling, right? Belittling, that's making someone feel small, right? You are belittling them. You're mocking them. You know, if you do that a lot to people, you'll, you'll lose friends, right? Proverbs 11, verse 9, With his mouth, the godless man will destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge the righteous are delivered. Later on in verse 12, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Third thing, pretty obvious lying about your neighbor the people in your life Proverbs 25:18 a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow so bearing false witness is basically um saying something about them that isn't true right lying about them and uh, it says the person who does that is like this weapon of war that just causes destruction so don't lie about your neighbors. Don't lie about the people that are in your life. Don't bear false witness. It destroys. Fourth thing, leading them into sin. Leading them in a wrong direction. Proverbs 16, verse 29. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. You know, where, where are you leading your neighbors? What direction are you, are you, are you bringing them? Um, are you trying to get people to go along with your sinful choices, leading them down the wrong path? It's a great way to destroy relationships. So withholding help, belittling them, lying about them, leading them into sin. Number five, taking revenge on your neighbor. Well, they did it to me, so I'm going to do it to them. Proverbs 24, 28-29 says, Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. Has that exact thought ever crossed your mind in terms of interacting with other people, right? I will do to them as they have done to me. I will pay them back for what they have done. It's a great way to destroy relationships. Number six, betraying their confidence. Betraying their confidence. Look at Proverbs 25, verses 9 and 10. Argue, argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another's secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. What's it saying? When you have a disagreement with your neighbor, keep it between the two of you. Go to the, go to the person themselves and argue your case. Don't betray their confidence by sharing that secret or that disagreement and issue with everyone else. Not only is that a quick way to ruin a relationship, but it's also a quick way to ruin your reputation. That's what it says there. It'll bring shame upon you and ill repute to no end. All right, so there's some serious ones. There's some, there's some, uh, some real sinful uh, acts that if we treat our neighbor relationships in these ways, if we do these things... Um, we're going to be destroying relationships. And then the last three are a little bit more trivial, maybe a little bit more funny, but still, they're in the Bible, so we'll talk about them, okay? The next one, overstaying your welcome. Did you know that the Bible talks about not overstaying your welcome? Proverbs twenty-five seventeen: Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Okay? He's saying... Don't always be over in your neighbor's house all the time because just in case he gets tired of you and ends up not liking you anymore. <laughs> now, it's not saying you shouldn't spend time with your neighbors, shouldn't spend time in your neighbor's house. It's, 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 the Bible encourages you to do that. And the, the, the point of wisdom, again, this takes wisdom to know where the balance is and, and what is too much and what's not and, and what's Okay. But uh, there is such a thing as overstaying your welcome. There is such a thing as taking up someone's time to the point where they get a little bit weary of it. And so a, a heart of love towards someone isn't just concerned about, well, I want to spend time with them. A heart of love is, well, what, what do they need? Right? Um, do, do they need to be doing something else right now? Do they have homework that they're really supposed to be working on right now? And, and I'm taking, I'm stealing that time away from them. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be respectful of that. I'm going to be cautious of that because I want to do what's best for them. All right. Here's another funny one. Cruel pranks. Did you know the Bible talks about cruel pranks and how it could actually hurt your relationships? Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. Okay? So, pranks are fun. Who likes pranks? Okay, pranks are fun. I like a good prank. Okay? There is such a thing as a cruel, senseless prank. Where you're not actually, you are doing it completely at their expense, not to share a good laugh, but to make them feel completely embarrassed in a a bad way, okay? How is that type of person described? Like a madman throwing firebrands, arrows, and death, okay? How do you throw death? By throwing firebrands, probably, you know? It brings death with it, right? A madman, just someone crazy, just has all these weapons in his hands, these arrows, and he's just throwing them with no discretion, just just chucking them all over the place. That's the person who just foolishly deceives his friends and and hurts them, and just says it was a joke. Relax, it's not a big deal. That destroys relationships. All right, last one. We actually looked at, looked at this one a little bit uh, a little bit ago uh, in our speech lesson. Now this would be nine. <laughs> Being overly obnoxious. Uh-oh. We looked at this one a while back. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Remember we talked about how the Bible speaks against morning people. Right? Um, no, it's saying, you know, what, what is this verse describing here? yeah that's right it's describing someone who is not discerning about the other person and how they're doing and uh, whether or not they need this blessing right now uh, or whether it's just 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 completely you know no no restraint right Um, and so a heart of love is again concerned about the other person seeking to love and to help them okay So these are nine things that the book of Proverbs describes as things that can hurt your relationships. Obviously, some are more serious than others, but all of them are included in the book of Proverbs. So as you look at your neighbor relationships, ask yourself, how am I treating the people around me? Am I I withholding help from someone who I actually have the power to help? Have I been belittling? Have I been lying about them? been leading them to sin? Have I been actually guiding them in the wrong direction? Have I, have I sought to take revenge on someone because of what they've done to me? Am I sharing secrets? Am I betraying their confidence? Am I taking that personal disagreement that I've had with them and sharing it with all my other friends? Am I overstaying my welcome? Am I, am I, am I, am I pranking them insensitively and cruelly? Am I being overly intrusive and obnoxious? All of these things can hurt relationships. You know, it's actually very possible to be surrounded by neighbors, but still be lonely with no friends. And sometimes there's a lot lot of reasons for that, a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it's because you're standing for Christ, right? Sometimes it's because you're, you're seeking to do what's right, and all of your neighbors happen to not be seeking to do what's right, and that's lonely. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes we're excluded because of the selfishness of other people. Because our neighbors are treating us unlovingly. Those are all true. But sometimes it's because we act selfishly toward our neighbors. And we don't think about them. We think about us. And those destroy relationships. And so we always need to be, we need to be cautious and aware. How am I treating the people around me? Am I treating them with love? Or am I treating them with, with, with selfishness? And then we'll go, let's, let's look at some attitudes that create shallow friendships. The, the, the book of Proverbs talks about some shallow friendships. There are levels of friendships, aren't there? Right, and that's fine. There's like people you hang out with because it's kind of fun or maybe you have a shared interest, right? You both play, play the same video game or you're both on the same sports team or you both like the same subject in school, whatever. Right, and you just kind of hang out, that's fine, right? Are those the ones that are probably gonna endure, you know, past college into adulthood? No, probably not, right? It's kind of like you hang out with them because they're there. And then someday, you know, you'll probably forget they exist, you know. Um, so, what is, so what is a shallow friendship? Uh, first of all, let's look at kind of these, these different levels of friendships. In Proverbs 18, verse 24, we read, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So here you see these two different levels. On one level, you see a man that has a lot of companions, a lot of acquaintances, a lot of folks that they hang out with, but they can still come to ruin. They could still, they could still, you know, um, be destroyed. But, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And you see this contrast that it's better to have one friend who sticks closer than a brother than many companions that are just kind of there to hang out. There are a lot of shallow friendships. How do you know if it's a shallow, shallow friendship? Well, I think you can know if it's a shallow friendship if it's a selfish friendship if you're if you're a friend with that person simply because of what you can get out of it um, someone once said that the best way to form a friendship is to become interested in other people not by trying to interest people in you right, that's a really good thing for you to keep in mind especially as you're you're in high school and you're going going through your teen years, because isn't that our desire? You go through life to form friendships based on getting people to be interested in you. But the best friendships is becoming interested in other people. A shallow friendship is one that focuses on self, one that uses friendship to benefit self. In other words, you're friends with that person because of what they can give you. I remember when I was... Growing up, when I was probably I think twelve or thirteen, we lived in Indiana, and we lived on this cul-de-sac. You know what a cul-de-sac is, I kind of. A, all one. right, yeah, like a little little round end street right there, and um, you can get it if you want. That's okay. Um, and there was this friend that we had on that cul-de-sac. He was a couple years younger than me and my brother, and we loved going over to his house, loved hanging out with. We play with him like, every day. But but. If we're being honest, the the reason why we did most of the time is because um, he was like an only child, and in his basement was like a miniature Toys R Us. You know what Toys R Us is? I know those are those are out of business now or whatever. Um, they had a whole half of the basement that were lined with shelves of just games and games and games and games, and then and then over here all these buckets with Legos and all these different toys, and then he had like he had a he had a PlayStation and he had a. Xbox, this is back when it was like, you know, PlayStation 2 was the thing. And uh, Nintendo 64 and an original Xbox. Yeah, retro. Um, And we loved going over there. Why? Because he had all this awesome stuff. Is that a solid friendship? No, it's not. Is it a fun friendship? Sure. Is it a solid friendship? No, it's not one that endures. Okay. That's not, a, that's not a friend that sticks closer than a brother friendship. That's a shallow one. And this mindset can continue with us as we grow, getting more sophisticated. Right? You, can, you can base a friendship on the popularity that it gives you. You can even go so far as to marrying someone someday for what you can get out of it. A lot of people get married on that basis. What, I can, what can I get out of it? Money. Money sure, whatever, whatever it is. It can be a selfish, shallow relationship. And Proverbs talks about these types of friendships, and it uses money, actually, as the thing that forms these friendships. Let's so look at some of these. Proverbs 19, verse 4, Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor friend who is, is deserted by his friend. Right? You get a lot of money, whew, all these friends come out of nowhere. But if you're poor, your friend deserts you. Proverbs 19, verse 7, All a poor man's brothers hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursues them with words but do not, does not have them. Right? It's just like everyone, I, yeah, I don't have time for you. Why? Because you have nothing to give me. It's a selfish friendship. The poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich have many friends. But are those solid friends? Are those friends that actually last? No. What's the common theme in these verses? The individual is only viewed in terms of what they can give you. It's treating person like a, a person like a resource, not as a person. Yes. That's kind of what happened in um. What was it? The um. The one with the two sons, and then the son. The what? I forgot the name. I'm tired. The prodigal son. Oh Thank sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and how do these? How do you get these type of friendships? Um, well, there's actually a simple, a really easy way to get these type of shallow friendships. You know what it is? Flattery. Flattery. A man who flatters with his neighbor, flatters his neighbor, spreads a net for his feet. What's flattery? Flat, flattery is smooth speech. It is it is making people feel good about themselves, but saying it out of ulterior motives. Right? You're saying, "Wow, you're such a you're such an awesome person." Like. You are really impressive, you know, and you're saying all that simply because you want to be friends with them so you, you can get something out of them. It doesn't come from a place of love. It comes from a place of selfishness. Right? Do, do you have any friendships like this? These friendships are super easy to get. They're also super easy to lose. And there's a better way. So I want to finish up tonight by talking about what real friendships are from the book of Proverbs. There's two uh, simple principles that that Create deep, real friendships, and I'll just say, you know, as you grow older, right, um, the 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 sphere of friends that you have, kind of, in most experiences, gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and then by the time you reach a certain age, the people that are still kind of there are like the the good friendships. Right, that have kind of endured through those years. You, you have like your high school friends and then you have your college friends and then, and then all those acquaintances and a lot of those end up just kind of falling away as you move on to the next stage of life. But there's also some friends that stick with you. What kind of friendships are those? Well, if you want to have this type of friendship, if you want to be this type of friend, there's two simple things. Number one, be present, faithful, and committed. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. All right? we, we looked at the beginning how Christ's love is, is unconditional toward us, isn't it? Christ loves us at all times. That, that There's no condition, conditions on his love toward us. And this is what a friend does. He loves at all times. And it's born for adversity. If you disappear from a friend's life when they're going through a tough time, you're not a good friend. If if your love for them is conditional, you're not a good friend. I'll just say this. If if someone is your friend one week, and then they aren't your friend next week, right? And And then they will be your friend the following week. You know, that's not a good friendship. That's not a real friendship. That's, a, that's more of a shallow one. A friend loves at all times. Be faithful. Be a faithful friend. Be present. Be there for them. Be a committed friend. We'll look at this verse again, right? A man of many companions may come to ruin, but if there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a closeness that you can have in friendships that, that feels even stronger than family connections. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man, who can find? Anyone can stand up and say, Yeah, I'm committed. I'm faithful. I'm a good friend. And tons of people say that. But this verse is saying, But but who can find someone who actually sticks with you? Someone who's actually faithful. Someone who's actually committed. Someone who's there for you even in the tough times. That's what the love of Christ is. It should, should show in our lives. Proverbs 27, verse 10 says, Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. What are, what are these was this verse saying? He's saying, um, if you're in a time of calamity, a time of difficulty, it's better for you to go to your friend, your neighbor, who's close by, then travel longer to get to your relative, right? Are you the type of friend that is there, that is present, even when those family connections are far away? Be a faithful, present, and committed friend. And, and have this attitude toward your neighbors, whether they are your friends or not. Right? I'm not saying that they will all become your friends. I don't want to set this up as some, some means to an end, that if you just do these things, you'll have a ton of friends, Right? That's not the point. That's not the point of all this. We, we love because Christ loved us. It's what we're called to do. We're called to love and be faithful and be committed and, 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 and sacrifice and be selfless toward others, not because of what we can get out of them, not so that they can become our friend, but because that's what Christ did for us. And we're called to show love and to love our neighbor as ourself. So be that type of person. And the second thing, give counsel, encouragement, and instruction. How do you speak to your friends? Do you ever seek to encourage your friends? you ever seek to um, point them to Christ? Proverbs 27, verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from where? His earnest counsel. Right? I mean, think about it. Think about your friendships right now. Even your closest friendships. When's the last time you gave some encouragement to that person? Maybe you have. Maybe you can point to that time. When have you, when have you sought to, to reach out to them with, with, with God's word? Give counsel, give encouragement. Proverbs 27:17: "Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." I use this, this vivid imagery of, of, of two pieces of iron, you know, sharpening each other. That's what, to, that's what a friendship should be. This is, this is the type of attitude that we're called to have as Christians in our relationships. If this is what true friendships are, ask yourself, are you being this kind of friend to your neighbors? And if you treat others this way, there might, that, it might result in some Enduring, faithful friendships that strengthen your walk with the Lord and comfort you in difficult times. But first, you have to ask: you know, how am I, how am I treating my neighbors? How how am I seeking to to love and to serve those around me? And I think if I can just you know specifically, uh, I feel like maybe this is an overgeneralization, but I feel like um, guys struggle with this more than girls in a lot of ways, right? That, that um, it's harder for guys to like. You know, be encouraging, and you know, seek to lift up and comfort someone, a, a friend, if they're going through a tough time. We usually just like to poke fun and to kind of you know make fun of each other and push each other around, and that's fine, right? But they make fun of themselves. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but but at the same time, like break through that. It's it's okay to actually um, show love and to into into and, and to give instruction and encouragement to your friend. Um, even if they they say they don't need it, right? I mean, it think of David and Jonathan. You know, David and Jonathan? They they were they were they were two manly men. They were men, they were they were warriors. And they encouraged each other. They were there for each other through thick and thin. These instructions concern remember how how you treat those who are your neighbors. You don't get to pick your neighbors, but you can decide how to treat them. So I encourage you. Just, just ask yourself, how am I treating them? Am I, am I treating them in any of these wrong ways we looked at? Am I, do I have just shallow friendships or am I being the type of friend that leads to to solid friendships? Am I reflecting the love of Christ in my relationships with others? Alright? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, our time together tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and love to us. Help us to show that love to our neighbors, to our friends. Um, Lord, we... we Selfishness shows up a lot of times in our relationships, and I pray you just help us to um, to show love, to to show that commitment, that faithfulness, that encouragement, um, as we seek to be a friend to those around us. In your Son's name, we pray. Amen. All right, guys.